Chapter Three of Among the Trees at Elmridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellen O'Neill. Among the Trees at Elmridge by Ella Rodman Church. Chapter Three: Old Acquaintances, the Elms. Miss Harson had admonished her little flock that they must use their own eyes and be able to tell her things instead of depending altogether on her to tell them, so now they were all peering curiously among the trees to see which were putting on their new spring suits. The yellow trees and the pink trees had been readily distinguished, but, although the others had not been idle, it was not so easy for little people to discern their leaf buds. Clara soon made a discovery, however, of what her governess had noticed for a day or two, and the wonder was found on their own home elms those stately trees which had shaded the house ever since it was built and from which the place got its pretty name elmridge well dear said miss harson coming to the upper window from which an ear head was thrust what is it that you wish me to see those funny flowers on the bare elm trees was the reply look miss harson didn't i see them first you have certainly spoken of them first for neither malcolm nor edith has said anything about them but they must both come up here now where they can see them and Malcolm and I can manage to reach some of the blossoms by getting out of the broad window onto the little balcony. Up came the two children, kangaroo fashion, in a series of jumps, and presently Miss Harson was holding a cluster of dark maroon-coloured flowers in her hand. "'How queer and dark they make the trees look,' said Malcolm, "'and they're so thick that they most cover up the branches. They're like fringe.' "'A very good description,' replied his governess. "'And now I wish you all to examine the trees very thoroughly, and tell me afterward what you have noticed about them.' Then we will go down to the schoolroom and see what the books will tell us in our talk about the American elm and its cousin of England. The books had a great deal to tell about them, but Miss Harson preferred to hear the children first. What did my little Edith see when she looked out of the window? she asked. Stems of trees, was the reply, with flowers on them. A very good general idea, continued Miss Harson, but perhaps Clara can tell us something more particular about the elms. They are very tall, said Clara, hesitatingly, and they make it nice and shady in summer and some of the branches bend over in such a lovely way. Papa calls one of them the plume. And now, Malcolm? The trunk, or big stem, as Edie would call it, is very thick, and the branches begin low down, near the ground. Some of them do, said his governess, but many of the elms on your father's grounds are seventy feet high before the branches begin. Sometimes two or three trunks shoot up together and spread out at the top in light, feathery plumes like palm trees. The elm has a great variety of shapes, Sometimes it is a parasol, when a number of branches rise together to a great height and spread out suddenly in the shape of an umbrella. This makes a very regular-looking and beautiful tree. For about three-quarters of the way up, the plume of which Clara speaks has one straight trunk, which then bends over droopingly. Small twigs cluster around the trunk all the way from bottom to top, and give the tree the appearance of having a vine twining around it. I think that the plume shape is the prettiest and most odd-looking of all the elms. Another strange shape is the vase, which seems to rest on the roots that stand out above the ground. The straight trunk is the neck of the vase, and the middle consists of the lower part of the branches as they swell outward with a graceful curve, then gradually diverge until they bend over at their extremities and form the lip of the vase by a circle of terminal sprays. "'Have we any trees that look like vases, Miss Harson?' asked Clara. "'Yes,' was the reply. "'Not far from Hemlock Lodge there is one which we will look at when the leaves rule out.' But you must not expect to find a perfect vase shape, for it is only an approach to it. The dome-shaped elm has a broad, round head, which is formed by the shooting forth of branches of nearly equal length from the same part of the trunk, which gradually spread outward with a graceful curve into the roof or dome that crowns the tree. I know something else about our elms, said Malcolm. Some of the roots are on top of the ground. Isn't that very queer, Miss Harson? 
not for old elm trees as this is quite a habit with them indeed in many ways the elm is so entirely different from other trees that it can be recognized at a great distance it is both graceful and majestic and is the most drooping of the drooping trees except the willow which it greatly surpasses in grandeur and in the variety of its forms the green leaves are broad ovate heart-shaped from two to four or five inches long you can see their exact shape in this illustration their summer tint is very bright and vivid but it turns in autumn to a sober brown sometimes touched with a bright golden yellow and now continued miss harson we will examine the flowers which we have here and we see that each blossom is on a green slender thread less than half an inch long and that it consists of a brown cup parted into seven or eight divisions rounded at the border and containing about eight brown stamens and a long compressed ovary surmounted by two short styles this ripens into a flattened seed vessel before the leaves are fully out and the seeds being small and chaffy are wafted in all directions and carried to great distances by the wind where does the slippery elm come from asked clara from another american species dear which is very much like the white elm that we have been considering the slippery elm is a smaller tree does not droop so much and the trunk is smoother and darker the leaves are thicker and very rough on the upper side the inner bark contains a great deal of mucilage that i suppose is the reason for its being called slippery and it has been extensively used as a medicine the wood is very strong and preferred to that of the white elm for building purposes although the latter is considered the best native wood for hubs of wheels there is a great elm tree on boston common which is over two hundred years old and another in cambridge called the washington elm because near it or beneath its shade general washington is said to have first drawn his sword on taking command of the american army in seventeen forty four the celebrated george whitefield preached beneath this tree i am glad we have elm trees here said markham though i suppose nobody ever did anything in particular under ours you mean replied his governess laughing that they are not historical trees but they are certainly very fine ones there is another species of elm the english which is often seen in this country too it is a very large and stately tree but not so graceful as our own elm it is distinguished from the american elm by its bark which is darker and much more broken by having one principal stem which soars upwards to a great height and by its branches which are thrown out more boldly and abruptly and at a larger angle its limbs stretch out horizontally or tend upward with an appearance of strength to the very extremity in the american elm they are almost universally drooping at the end its leaves are closer smaller more numerous and of a darker colour in england this tree is a great favourite with those black and solemn birds the rooks the poet hood writes of it as the tall abounding elm that grows in hedgerows up and down in field and forest copse and park and in the peopled town with colonies of noisy rooks that nestle on its crown some of these english elms are very ancient and of an immense size one of them known as the checker elm measures thirty-one feet around the trunk of which only the shell is left it was planted seven hundred years ago the chipstead elm is fifteen feet around the crawley elm thirty-five a writer says the ample branches of the crawley elm shelter may-day gambols while troops of rustics celebrate the opening of green leaves and flowers yet not alone beneath its shade but within the capacious hollow which time has wrought in the old tree young children with their posies and weak and aged people find shelter during the rustic fates does that mean that people can sit inside the tree asked clara i wish we had one to play house in where hemlock lodge is that is one of the things clara replied miss harson that people can have only in the place where they grow in the south of england there is another great elm tree with a hollow trunk which has fitted into it a door fastened by a lock and key a dozen people can be comfortably accommodated inside and there is a story told of a woman and her infant who lived there for a time what a funny house said malcolm just like a woodpecker's another great elm near london has a winding staircase cut within it and a turret at the top where at least twenty persons can stand 
one species of this tree called the witch or witch elm was believed by ignorant people to possess magical powers and to defend from the malice of witches the place on which it grew even now it is said that in remote parts of england the dairy-maid flies to it as a resource on the days when she churns her butter she gathers a twig from the tree and puts it into a little hole in the churn if this practice were neglected she confidently believes that she might go on churning all day without getting any butter isn't that silly exclaimed clara very silly indeed replied her governess but we must remember that the poor ignorant girl knows no better the wood of the european elm is stronger than ours it is hard and fine-grained and brownish in colour and is much used in the building of ships for hubs of wheels axle-trees and many other purposes in france the leaves and shoots are used to feed cattle in russia the leaves of one variety are made into tea the inner bark is in some places made into mats and in norway they kiln-dry it and grind it with corn as an ingredient in bread so that the elm tree is almost as useful as it is beautiful End of chapter 3 Recording by Ellen O'Neill from Cambridge, England